What's up, everybody? My name is Joshua T. Berglund, and we are live on the Live Model Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network. Uh, so blessed to have you here. Of course, you can find our network by downloading the Roku or Amazon Fire app on your... Uh, <laughs> no, that's not right at all. No, what you can do is you can... <laughs> On Roku or Amazon Fire, you can download the Live Model Worldwide Multimedia Broadcast Network, or on your smart TVs, you can download the E360 app and find us there. Anyway, enough of that. Of course, thank you to everyone who listens on the podcast and people who watch on social media. Of course, I don't know how you're going to watch now. We've been banned from every platform you can imagine, but you know what? God is good, and we have our own network. So, so blessed to have you here today. Um, the last two broadcasts were so freaking heavy, and uh, I'm still processing it. Uh, I want to say thank you to everyone who gave your feedback on those two episodes. Uh, I got to tell you, it's you know interviewing uh, former sex offenders and 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 hearing their stories and hearing from their parents is just wow, uh, absolutely mind blowing. And uh, and to be honest with you, even after three days later. I still don't know um, really how to process everything that happened in those last two interviews, but I want to say thank you for being here. Anyway, so today we have a really interesting guest. I don't even know where she's from, but I love her accent. I, I don't want to assume Russia, um, but nonetheless, super interesting, and you guys are going to love this, um, and especially for the cause that she's here for. Let me tell you a little bit about her, uh, just to give you some context. Anna Lanier is a premier life strategist who specializes in helping teenagers and adults to build strong and supportive family relationships. And as you guys know, with our foundation, the Live Model Worldwide Foundation, we are very, very passionate about working with the youth and people with troubled past that don't have supportive family and all of that. Uh, so maybe there's something here to this. Anyway, um, by addressing the root cause which holds people back, Anna Lanier removes any and all excuses and replaces them with reasons and opportunities. What a practical way of looking at this. Anna Lanier is not only proving herself in the industry for a very long, or for a very long time, uh, she's also sought out by people from all over the country and the world. Anyway, she is, she's, been, she's been through it, um, and I'll let her tell her own story because I don't like talking about other people's hardships. I let them do it. Uh, but this is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be very, very interesting. And I'm trying to adjust to now switching my studio around and I'm doing things left handed. But anyway, we're going to have a lot of fun today. Thank you for being here. And when I get my technology to work with me left handed, you know, I got to tell you, those people that can uh, do things with their left and right hand, uh, I'm really impressed because I can't, I couldn't pick my nose right now. I really couldn't. Anyway, we'll be right back. Broadcast Network. All right, we're going to have a lot of fun today. 
Uh, I appreciate you being here. And look, I am not, I butcher my intros pretty much every time. So I'm not going to let that little mishap. But what you may notice is I had to change things around because I don't even think I could pick my nose with my left hand. Anyway, so ladies and gentlemen, I'm super excited. Anyone who has a passion, uh, not only for the youth, but just, you know, supporting other people, that to me inspires me regardless of what it is. Because look, we can all go about making the world a better place in a lot of different ways, um, using our gifts and talents to bless other people. Uh, one of the main ways I believe, which is the most exciting, which is for me, um, really how everything in my life that's good has come from, well, the mud, crap, hardship, evil, trauma. All the blessings in my life have literally been birthed out, out of that. And because I, I believe with all my heart that everything that was meant to destroy us, everything that was meant to kill us, uh, gets to be used as revenge on the enemy. I believe that we get to use our success as revenge and not with a vengeful heart. I don't mean it that way, but I really do mean that I don't believe that anything that comes in our life, anything that we experience truly is uh, meant to destroy us. I think, I believe it's there to show us like what, what our threshold of pain is. And maybe that sounds disturbing, but if you think about it, how else is it that some of the greatest hardships and the greatest challenges, the path to your purpose, that single narrow road to your purpose, even though you probably do some zigs and zags and fall backwards and fall off the cliff and all that stuff like I've done. But the fact is that path to purpose is narrow. And, and along the way, and you're pursuing all of it, you're going to face giants and obstacles. But every one of those you were designed and created to overcome. And how is that even possible? Well, if you think about it, everything that's ever played out through your entire life has prepared you for the very moment that you're in today. At least you have that opportunity to have that mindset and have that belief. And when you've exercised and walked out your faith, you get to see that that's true. And those of you that are going, what are you talking about, you knucklehead? I've been, the world has beat me to hell and beat me to death and I've got nothing to show for it. Well, I gotta tell you, Sometimes a mindset and being able to reframe the very things that happen in your life is all you need to be able to turn everything around. There's a lot of different approaches and there's a lot of different mindsets, but I'm here to tell you the blessing is in the breaking. So with that said, I am super excited to introduce to you our guest for the day, Anna Lanier. What's up, Anna? How are you? Hi, Joshua. Thank you for inviting me. I'm doing great and I love your show. Well, thank you so much. And I'm so blessed to have you here. Um, and I, I, first of all, again, anyone that has dedicated their lives to, and I missed this part in the introduction, but what I'm really inspired by is that you're not just saying that you want to help children and families and adults. You're not saying that. What you're really saying to me is you want to get down to the root of the issue and rebuild foundations so that the family unit, the family unit and the family structure can restabilize so we can start building up healthy families again. That's the way I read into what you do. Is that accurate? Yes, and your last two shows will say about that because you see those children were hurt since they were children. Mm -hmm. And I have many clients that come to me and said, oh, you know, we're gonna just pass this puberty problem. No, this is exactly the key. <laughs> This is the key to your entire development, to your entire identity, right? At the end of your lifetime, your happiness depends on the quality of your relationships with yourself and others, period. If that quality is cracking, you're only going to hide from yourself and others. You're only going to take pain upon you and you're not going to accomplish your true potential. You're not going to accomplish what you are here for. And yeah, you're right, Joshua. I was there since the age of seven. So <laughs> I was in that in that dungeon of depression, right? So myself since the age of seven. So I understand all these moments of life in a different way. As many parents come to me and said, oh, my child has nothing to be depressed about. I'm like, you have no clue. It takes 40 seconds to make a decision to not be on this planet. 40 seconds, do not take this lightly just because they're anxious or angry or you never know. You need to get all the tools in place 
to move them away from these conditions. Hey, I want to, before we get into all the fun, because I'm already loving this direction that you're going, the first things first, before we get into it, what are you grateful for today and why, Anna? I am grateful for a lifetime of suffering because it taught me. My kind of woman, my goodness. All right, go ahead. <laughs> because it taught me that I can get out of it. <laughs> I that is by far my favorite answer. I think I've done over 500 interviews now, and that's been my favorite because the very premise of my original show was about finding gratitude through life's most traumatic moments. And and I've learned, especially the last three months, which has really been probably the, the toughest of my life, which has been strange because it's also been the most joyful. I've really been able to start to look at like attacks from the enemy or attacks from friends or people that I thought were close to me betraying me. I've now started to look at this as a blessing as opposed to Where's my blessing, God? Where, where is it at? Where's, where's my breakthrough? When really the betrayals, the, 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 the people attacking what we do, the people not understanding what we do, uh, uh, any, all the above of the things happening that have not really ended up being such a pleasant experience, I've been able to see all of it for the gift and blessing that it is now. And it's amazing how it's just transformed my thinking as we face different hardships throughout the day. Very true, very true. And a lot of people consider that life is suffering. And I consider that myself until I understood that life is only a game where you being tested. If you're into the suffering mode, that means you need to acquire some skills to play the game better. Oh, that's good. Oh, so the game mindset. Give us some examples for the for the audience, because the audience is, as you know, because you work with clients every day or I don't know what you call the people you work with, patients, clients. But we're there's a variety of challenges that people are facing right now, some that are obvious, some that aren't. So can you give some real like real examples um, of, uh, of different hardships and challenges and how people can reframe it and look at look and see that there's actually a blessing in it. Actually, it's not even a matter of mindset. You'll be surprised, Joshua. So there are three levels of deeper pain. And the first level is the relationship level. The second level is the emotional level. And the third one is the mindset. So if you're just stopping at the mindset, you haven't addressed that root cause that we talked about, okay? So here we need to go deeper down to the relationship level. And probably the most dramatic case I've had was in December when I got off the stage with Julian Michaels and JT Fox and Jesse Cole. Congratulations, by the way. That's a heck of a stage. Yes, uh, that did not like the fact that I was talking about suicide rates out there, trust me, <laughs> okay. But um, I was on the stage with them, right, uh, with that panel. And the truth is that I was approached by an uncle of a 60-year-old who was talking about dying since the age of four. Wow. We have to understand that this started to accelerate. And it started to accelerate because we are into a moment, generational moment, where us, our kids, everybody wants everything faster, better, more efficient. If it takes you more than three clicks to do something, you're not going to buy. <laughs> it's true. It's so true. The same thing with my child. He doesn't want to do the hard math problems. Mommy, just give me the shortcut. He doesn't want to go through the lifetime of suffering that I've been through and two divorces. Like, just, just tell me what to do. Just tell me the shortcut. How to get extraordinary relationships in my life. And it's easy. I just draw a square. One, two, three, four. This is what you need to do. Oh, I got it. This is what we children want today. And if you don't give them what they, they want and they don't know how to ask for it, because we adults sometimes don't know it, right? 
If you don't give them what they want, they go haywire into anxiety, into depression and stuff like that, including six-year-olds, right? So here is what I do is I give them the, the solution before the problem occurs. If we have to solve a problem, we'll solve a problem. Okay, that takes a little bit longer and takes to be open-minded. But I want you to have a solution before the problem occurs. Like this, you don't have to wonder what am I going to supposed to do now? Uh, who am I going to ask about? Maybe a therapist that's also been depressed in his lifetime. Maybe a cuckoo person that uh, never had a great marriage, but I'm asking them about marriage, right? And like this, you have a solution before the challenge occurs. And that's it. This is the trick. You solve a problem in one second. So get, ha, name a problem that you can do that because, all right, let's just go with this. There's a woman stuck in an abusive relationship and she doesn't have the finances to leave. Really? Let's think about the finances to leave. I, did, I don't know why that example came out, but I that let's just go with that. Actually, I know why it came out. Because I know specifically two women that this is going on with. So, yeah, maybe that's it. Everything, everything is online today. Money is online today. All you have to do is acquire some free skills and make money online. Because they don't have a financial stability to leave, this is only an excuse for their low self-confidence, which wow. they need to get out of it. Okay? And their problem depression and they're probably one of the four women archetypes that we work all the time by the way everybody thinks they're very different in life there are only four types of women and four types of men in the world and this kind of woman is usually in the water element which waits and doesn't want to take action thinking that somebody's gonna save her so the best example will be you know, I think in the Bible, there is some kind of story like that. And don't ask me exactly where. I haven't read the Bible for 20 years. But um, there is a guy who just sits adrift in the ocean. And he waits for God to save him. One boat comes. Come on, jump on board. No, 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 no. I'm staying here. God will save me. Another boat comes on. Come on, jump on board. No, 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 no. I'm going to stay here. God will save me. A helicopter comes. Come on board. No, 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 no. I'm staying here. And he dies. And he asked God, but I prayed to you and you didn't come to save me. And God says, I send you three people. I don't think that's in the Bible because they didn't have helicopters, but I love the story. Because <laughs> you're right. Like, okay. And this kind of woman, because of a low self-confidence, because of a depression, doesn't see that money is online. Everybody has internet. She can make the money to get out of that relationship. That's true. I, and I actually want to support what you're saying because we, we've done this. Uh, we did a two and a half hour media training where it was giving people the foundational pieces to what they need to know to transform their business uh, into a media organization. Again, foundational. And the foundational pieces are, well, it was two and a half hours worth. <laughs> um, and, it, it, and it's a lot. I've been blown away with the people that desperately needed the opportunity they wanted the platform they wanted to do all this stuff but when they saw the work that it took they're like screw that and basically they want what people were looking for was that somebody to do the work for them just come save them could to come do that instead of going you know what the world's changing i need to change i need to learn this my business needs this we need to What's working for our business isn't working. And I see this great thing, but man, it's going to take so long for me to do all these steps and do all the work and all that. And I and it was really disheartening to me because in my heart, I know how important media is and I, I know how important it's going to be, well, really in the next few months and a year and two years and where we're going with the fourth industrial revolution. Like you need to know media. You have no choice. But people really are waiting. <laughs> it's like they're waiting on the most obvious thing to come knock them in the head and go, here's your, here's your rescue. Here's your safety, safety, uh, boat, whatever. And it's, it's kind of disheartening that people truly aren't willing to do the work. And so that even goes with personal development or, or 
you know, trying to turn your life around. The only way I was able to do it, because believe me, all the first five times I was arrested, I was, okay, God, I'm going to change. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to all that. And guess what? Never did the work. Went back to write what I was doing. The sixth time in jail was when I committed to doing the work. And that is what started to change my life as of six years ago. So it, I guess that translates to even being abused. You got to be willing to do the work to leave. Right? And no one's going to come up to you. And it's not only that. By the way, the six-year-old mother that we talked about, she believed that she was abused by her husband. She mm -hmm. truly believed that. And she was sitting there not doing anything, you know. And this is why actually this came up to her son, a six-year-old depressed child. When I started you know, getting into the family and I started looking at both sides. She was not the one abused in any way, shape or form. She was disrespecting her husband. That was the most problem they've had in the house. All I had to do is straighten them out, give them their own 30 day job to each one of them. And guess what? The child is out of depression less than three months since December. They have an extraordinary marriage and they're thinking about building a business together and they hmm. haven't done nothing in the last 10 years together zero right so these things are possible and sometimes only the perception of being abused will keep you down when you don't understand the other person perspective this is why the first thing we're doing is we're starting with a relationship course three and a half hours so you can understand who are you who is your spouse who is your child and where we need to move in the game of life so you will dance together, not step on each other's feet and complain that you're abused, not respected, not loved, not understood, and things like that. Yeah. Again, perspective is that, and it, like there's so many little things like that, but perspective in itself, there's so much depth to it because of its, it, it, it's so powerful. And it's so amazing to me is how we can intend for something to mean something, but yet on the other end of it, how it's perceived could be abuse or could be you're yelling at me, could be you don't take me serious, could be you don't love me, whatever it could be, perception becomes people's reality. Can you speak to how we can, that is a habit I think for most people. How do we, shift that out of, how do we shift out of perspective? In other words, our initial perspective being something awful, how do we change that to perceive maybe something more positive? You stop blaming others for your problems in life. You Are you Eastern European? Yes, I'm Romanian, not Russian. Okay. <laughs> you're born, you're, aren't you guys born with that mindset? <laughs> you stop blaming others for your problem. In this case, in this situation that we talked about, she was blaming her husband for keeping her home, but she never went to get a job. I said, because of the child, right? I'm like, no problem. They're babysitters. They're daycare places. Oh, no, no, I cannot do that. I'm like, stop blaming your husband for keeping you home, okay? When you're the one that their jobs on the internet, right? Well, I don't know all this technology stuff. Guess what? He's a computer specialist and she doesn't know technology, right? So things like this, that sometimes, sometimes we are more concentrating in how the other person hurts us mm. instead of being concentrated on how to never be hurt again ourselves, how to build ourselves up. Theoretically, there is nobody's responsibility to to keep you on their shoulders in life, okay? True. You do that with a child up to the age of 18, but that's about it. And if you don't give that child all the skills necessary to not be on the top of a parent, on somebody else's top, right? On always asking, somebody needs to support me. No, you have two legs, two hands, a head, okay? Nobody needs to support you. If you can't do it yourself, don't ask others to support you because you're just going to 
drag them into depression themselves, right? So here is, we haven't been taught how to be responsible for our things. And this is exactly what I teach, how to be responsible for the relationship with yourself and others, how to be responsible for your emotions to never be hurt again. And then how to be responsible for your mindset, which by the way, it's more like being responsible to not be trapped. There are 17 mind traps that keep us in suffering. And as long as you don't go into those traps, you're totally fine. You're going to succeed to your true potential and maybe sometimes more than you believe it is your potential. It seems like people like to say the 10 steps to change your life, the 12 steps to do this. The, from the way that I'm, I can, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but it's almost like you're like, screw the steps. I, let's just get right to the root of the issue and yank it out. Like this, and then let's work from there and then rebuild the foundation. But there's no the fluff and peeling the onion, peeling the onion. It's kind of just rip in there and yank out the root. Is that your philosophy? Because if it is, I love it because I have the same one. Because it's much easier. And frankly, I don't know if you really need the steps. It's a lot easier if you just rip the damn Band-Aid off, right? Exactly. So building extraordinary family relationships takes three and a half hours. How many hours people spent in divorce courts? Long time, I would imagine. How many hours people spend in blaming their parents, right? And I'm not saying that the parents are, you know, the perfect people. Probably they didn't know this, <laughs> right? What I'm teaching myself. My mom didn't know anything that I'm teaching today about how to build amazing family relationships. And everybody complains about, oh, you know, we're going to work and we'll see all these toxic people and it's draining. Those toxic people are hurt people. Are people anxious and depressed and they don't have a basis of great relationship with themselves and with their family. Once, once this is built, this is it, this is the foundation, you come home and you fill yourself up with energy and love and light and nothing can hurt you. But if you're getting drained by the relationships you have, you're going to be always tired, non-productive, not focused at work. And you're going to wondering why you're in the same job of eight bucks an hour for 30 years of your life. Mm -hmm. oh, man, I, I like this. This is such a, a, to me, a better approach. We overcomplicate everything. But this line of thinking is not common. I mean, I'm friends with a lot of coaches and, and, um, and, and even doctors, like professionals that, and really they have this philosophy. It's like, they just want you to keep coming back. Like they want you there for a year. And I'm like, I've never been a coach or therapist or any of that because I don't believe you need to come see me every week because I'll hurt your freaking feelings if so. Because I'm just going to keep repeating the same thing to you. Like what's in your life that you know that you need to remove that you aren't. So you're, you're complaining about your mood well, okay. Are you drinking too much? Are you complaining about your 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 diet? Are you what do you what do you, what are what's the issue? And then you can ask a couple of questions like, well, yeah, you know, but he's beating the crap out of me. But but he's I know he's a really good guy. I freaking hate my job. It's miserable. I've always dreamed of having a talk show, but I just really need to pay the bills. And and people excuse themselves to death. And basically, to me. A depression and anxiety and things like that are holding on to stuff that no longer serves you hanging on to it could be a habit it could be a person whatever but we overcomplicate this by wasting time trying to fix something that's not worthy of being fixed or so, just simply removing something that is the cancer in a relationship which could be i'm going out with my friends getting drunk not coming home I'm not paying attention to you. I'm not giving any time for you. Like those are easy fixes. Pay attention to your wife or your husband. You know, you got married for a reason. Anyway, go ahead. So in my company, we have two branches. We have one branch of making sure that people don't slip in anxiety and depression, right? They have all the skills necessary to never be hurt in lifetime again. That includes heartbreak because I hear all the time, oh, heartbreak is imminent. No, it's not. It takes five days for heartbreak. 
Okay, if you want to suffer from heartbreak for 30 years, that is a choice you have, right? So, you know, things, think everybody's choice is to suffer. What they didn't know until now, and I didn't know for 30 years of my life because I was a depressed and suicidal kid and for me, right? I didn't know that this is fixable, okay? So the second branch of my company concentrates on overcoming anxiety and depression. And usually, 99% of the times, when it's not uh, linked to some kind of medical conditions like brain tumor or things like that, anxiety and depression comes from the last three generations of your family. Very simple. So that weight that you're talking about, Joshua, where you're carrying things that doesn't serve you anymore, you're carrying it from grandma. At least, if not longer than that, right? So here, what people did not understand, and they ask advice from doctors, therapists, pastors, all depressed people, all categories of people depressed, suicidals with problems, with problems with their kids. What we didn't know until now is that pain is removable. There are five levels of pain, just five. There are not a million, there are a million stories about it, but there are five <laughs> Okay, if you have three levels of pain, you're in depression. You have five, you're suicidal. Okay, each one is removable with different strategies and techniques. So, in the second branch of my company, this is what we do we keep removing the pain so you can be free of the anchors that hold you down for three generations and you didn't even know what the heck is holding you down. And then you're wondering why these kids are anxious and depressed. They feel all that pain and they didn't even know why. What's happening to them? Wow. That, and that's true what you were saying, too, about kids, how you have to be careful. Like, Because I think about some of the stuff that I hung on to as a kid that I, I you know, you, I just held on to and just let, allowed it to keep hurting me every every time I thought about it. And then when I turned my life around, I remember asking God to show me what needs to be healed. What do I need to do? And all of a sudden, I would just start getting these series of downloads of God showing me these little moments in my life. But like the way my mind grabbed it and pictured it and held on to it, well, God started showing me what happened right before it. And it started to change my perspective about what was happening. I'm like going, wait a second. You mean I've held on to this and I've been angry and mad and sad and depressed and telling myself I'm not good enough because of that? It was just a complete misunderstanding the way I interpreted what was said or whatever. Like, this is a waste. And it's amazing how freeing it is to get rid of this stuff that doesn't belong to you anymore. It's amazing. It is amazing. So in this case that we talked about with a mother of a six-year-old depressed, she believes she was not wanted by her father, okay? Oh. She lived in the same household with a brother just two years younger who is extremely successful, never been depressed, has a great family, right? And the, the, the brother doesn't understand, what are you talking about? My father will kill for my sister. What are you talking about that my father, daddy, never wanted my sister? He would kill himself. He would put himself in front of a train for her. You see how this matter of perspective and holding on to things that don't serve you destroy your life? In 99% of cases, when I have to ask them about their memories in life, they, they build their memory on life is suffering. Mm. I am alone. Nobody cares about me. And I did the same. I did the same as I had an alcoholic mother, depressed. And I did the same as like, okay, well, you know, my mom suffers, I suffer, everybody suffers, and that's normal. And actually looking back and, you know, taking the life piece by piece by piece by piece, God only showed me how to not be in suffering. I just didn't get it because I didn't have the right guidance yeah. to show me. Right, we were just on like autopilot and we saw nothing, we saw nothing around us. But now there is no excuse when you have guides like like me that's been there 
to just move you towards that bridge out of that suffering. And the same thing with the children. They don't know why they're in pain. I didn't know what I was in pain. You keep them in pain, they destroy their life. They will be hunted by narcissists, verbally abusive people. They will end up in jails, okay, because they haven't yeah. had the right support and the right family system, right? They will end up depressed, anxious, on pills. They will destroy their life piece by piece just because at that age of puberty, you didn't give them the resources necessary to build great relationship with, your, with themselves and others. That's all they need to be happy. Very simple. Faster, me, better, more efficient life. Let me ask you this, and I don't know why this came to me out of all of this, but the you know people talk about the five love languages, and it seems like your philosophy, and again, I could be wrong because you didn't say these words, but we put, you know, people put like, well, what's your love language? Oh, okay, mine is this too, so we're, we're compatible. And then you get two people that have different love languages, and then it's like speaking one Chinese, the other one Russian. You know, it just doesn't, we don't know what we're saying. It, how much emphasis do you put on the important, or how much value do you put into the five love languages? Zero. <laughs> Zero. There are four types of men and four types of women in the world. Okay. There are men who do not need to ever be married and have families. They will tell you this just to, you know, conquer you. That's not what they're built. Know. They're built for being visionary entrepreneurs like Elon Musk, okay? They're built for getting out there and do things with their life that we, the other ones, are still climbing, right? They are men who are built to be family people. They're men like Michelangelo who are built to, to draw, to sculpture, to invent something. And then they're built like managers that are having that fire into them. And they can just keep driving nonstop and have energy nonstop. There are four types of women in the world. The way you mix is you always looking for what you don't have. And that's the mistake because you are clinging on the other. You're like getting the spouse to be your crutch. But you're clinging to them to learn how to be complete in all these four energies, okay? You're not there to depend on another. And here's the first thing we teach about relationship, how these archetypes of men and women are attracting each other. What do they have to learn? How do they change during their lifetime? Because everybody says, oh, you know, my wife has changed. Yeah, only through these four archetypes. And then the women want, oh, no, I want my husband to change. And the husband is like, say, what? I don't want to change anything, right? I mean, we have, <laughs> we have different perspective here. And, care, and when it clashes, like, he didn't do this, she didn't do that, and all this stuff. And I'm like, guys, you can only move through these four energies. And it's simple. One of you has to dance. And then the other one dances automatically. Don't believe that two of us have to fix a relationship. Nope. One of you has to take the responsibility for themselves in which energy they are. Everybody else is going to dance accordingly. The way I call it, Joshua, is build your own game of life. And don't play on somebody else's game because when you do, you are replaceable. That is, I'm writing that down. I love that. You know, it's interesting. My wife and I have the same love language, whether I believe in it or not, we do. And it's, so we're constantly stroking each other's ego. It's amazing. And it's very natural for us because words of affirmation and acts of service are the two main things that we love. Uh, we love serving other people. Like it's so easy. Like it's just what we're driven to do. Um, but I'm fortunate this time that I married, because I've been married a few different times. Three, this She's my fourth marriage. Long story. Anyway, but I'm very, very blessed that I truly do have my soulmate now. And because I became the man that was worthy of a soulmate. And But what you were saying about building your own rocket ship, well, you didn't say rocket ship. But really, the way this worked out was, one, we we, we, shared, we shared a vision for what we want in the world. That was a big thing. 
And then secondly, she believed in me and she believed in for what I was called to build, what we were called to do together. And she felt, and I was doing what you were saying, plowing ahead, doing it. And then she came and it was like this perfect energetic thing where we just flew, like we had this flow together. And so the roles that we play primarily are I work, she takes care of the kids, she has her art projects or creative projects, but she runs the family and she helps me and help. she makes me better. But yet she has her own thing too. We vibe that way perfectly. And that that is, is really a tribute to what you're saying because that worked for us. But I didn't know that that's what we were doing. I didn't know that what your your philosophy, it almost seems like you should have a book to counter the five love languages because what you're saying is more practical. Less, It takes the emotion out of it and it really just allows people to fit into their natural position and stay there. When you're in your natural position, it's easier to get in flow. It's easier to get in a groove and really you just kind of synchronize with everything around you much, much easier. Is that, is that, am I getting this right? Yeah, and it's more than that. There are four types of relationships that do not work, and two of them that work. If you know this from the beginning, you don't go through four marriages to find <laughs> out your <laughs> okay, I have serious issues, though. All the money, all the time spent, all the you know annoyment, all the anger spent, right? I want to know what works, right? And I we tell them this is the two relationship at work. Where are you at? I'm here. Okay, you need to find this kind of man. You need to find this kind of woman. And then when you're going on a first time date, you don't just cling to people for no reason. You know how they think before they open their mouth. Wow. You can read their mind. And then, you know, listen, I really don't want to deal with this person because I want kids and he doesn't. He says he does, but I know he doesn't, right? Because, you know, I want two different things. And it's very easy to end it right there, honey. I know you say this, but I don't think you're at that moment in time where we can get married and have children. That's totally fine. Let's just beat other people, right? So we can solve. This is, this is what I like about what I do. I give them the solution before any problem comes in. So it won't be any kind of challenge. And you won't have to, to, to just, I had, I had a bunch of clients who divorced and then they end up depressed. I said, why didn't you call me during the divorce? Because I would have tell you how to fix your marriage. Instead of getting depressed after and being alone and being afraid of everybody in your life, right? Because it's possible to, to switch and change things around. Stop making mistakes. Just because you heard from probably an air woman like me, a queen, that, oh, you can leave at any time. We have no emotions. My type of woman out of a four archetypes, we have close to zero emotions. For us, it doesn't matter if you come, go, if we leave. But that doesn't mean that for your wife, this is the same, okay? Because she's a different archetype. She can be very hurt if you forget to call her for two days, right? So this is why we're teaching the basics, the fundamentals. So you can build your family relationship, not on who could do inventions and what I think and what my grandma thinks. And my grandma, by the way, she believed that cheating is normal for men and nothing is going to break. And guess what? I was cheating for nine years from my hus first husband because my grandma believed that, right? So, you know, instead of all these things and ideas that don't belong anywhere, get the formula get the exact thing that works and then you know where is your next step in your journey very simple it's powerful you're in a book which one should i write first <laughs> how about the the simplest guide to life ever <laughs> i mean I, I put it in three hours and a half I mean, how can it be more simple than that? <laughs> you know, I yeah, you're you're right. I I I love this. I I I like this philosophy. I like how simple it is. Um, but really, what it does also, it requires the patient, the cup client, whatever. It requires them to be bold, take steps in faith, 
and be committed to the work. Right? The way I, very simple. How did everything else you did in your life worked out for you? You work for it. Okay. Not only that you work for it, is that if it didn't work out for you, you clearly need a different approach. Okay. So we have we have people that come with totally different ideas. I know everything about depression. I'm like, yes, you know everything about suffering from depression. You have no clue about how to get out of depression or how to stay out of depression. These are two different games, right? You only know how to play the game of suffering. You know that very well, right? So sometimes you just have to, it's like, what do you mean by that? It's like, you need to decide to get out, to take a leap of faith. And yes, I understand that we had doctors, therapists, psychologists, that they failed us. But guess what? They failed themselves first because most of our clients are nurses and therapists, by the way. So they couldn't find a way out. And how do you go there and ask, you know, advice? I ask everybody, like, my child goes to therapy. The child loves the therapist more than loves me. I'm like, that's not okay. The child was going to look for crutches for the rest of their life. They're going to find a narcissist, a verbally abusive guy, the wrong partner that's going to believe always, oh, oh, they listen to me, but they never solve any problems. They never, you know, show them exactly the way how to support themselves. Exactly like you mentioned at the beginning, come to therapy forever. Go to take that medicine forever from the doctors. Do a forever, 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 never ending thing. And the truth is that you only need like 10 steps to get out of it, period, if you know the right step. Simple. I want to, okay, I want to go completely left field now because, and really this is becoming a problem with women now, statistically more, not more than men, but but it's, it's, it's getting closer. Infidelity. People get into a marriage and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, oh, now I'm going to have sex with this person for the rest of my life. And they're used to being maybe promiscuous or they're starting to have wandering eyes. What, how can your philosophy, because that, look, some people have open relationships. That's a recipe for a nightmare, <laughs> a nightmare that you don't, I mean, that, that was my life before. And anyway. But that said, there is a lot of people that do struggle with this, with infidelity. And it could be just, you know, that they're they're married and they're looking at porn too much or they're they're playing around and they're kind of, you know, seeking something else outside of the marriage. Can your philosophy and what you're teaching help with that? Like, how, how could you can you give it an example of how you can I don't know if reframing is the right word but redirect the energy maybe outside of the relationship? How do you keep it within? So the way you keep it within, you know, it's a joke that says that, uh, you know, this guy was looking at uh, at his marriage certificate and he kept looking and looking and his wife is asking him at some point, it's like, why do you keep looking? It's like, I'm looking for the expiration date. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, this is broken fire, the fact that you mentioned. is broken fire energy, where you're looking for everywhere outside and you're not using that fire, which is sexual fire, in building a business, in making money. You're going to shoot things outside in infidelity, right? So this is, first of all, this is a broken fire that needs to be adjusted. The second thing, um, you need to understand that because of repeated heartbreaks, people have different strategic defense mechanisms. And this is one of them. This is a defense mechanism that you'd like, it's like, oh, you know, it's like, if I'm wanted by 500 women or 500 men, I'll feel good. I will never be depressed. Well, when you're going to be 70 years old and nobody wants you, you're still going to get depressed. You come to me, right? <laughs> so it's never going to end. And the, 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 the third thing that I want to mention is, yes, heartbreak is healable. All these defense mechanisms can be shaped out because you realize that there is no need for it, right? But the, the last thing is, if you feel that your marriage is going to a different direction of what you want, okay, to keep somebody else inside it like in a cage, it doesn't serve you or anyone else. And women do this all the time because they punish their men with not having sex. 
This is yeah. how you never do it. Never punish a man like that. The four types of men we talked about, they can be punished in very different way. That's not the way to punish any man, right? And then at some point, the guy is like, man, are you seriously? What am I supposed to do here? But if you find yourself into not all our marriages that come to me to save marriages are savable. For example, if a guy has been cheating by a woman, I don't tell them that they can save their marriage. I tell them to separate. But if a woman has been cheated by a guy, I told her, I told her that she has 20% chances of saving the marriage. So everybody doesn't understand why this and why that. But the truth is that if you feel that you need to go separate, man, you don't have to go and spend, what, $14,000 was going for a divorce for a person in Illinois last time, okay? A person, so we're talking about $30,000 together. Go and separate nicely, okay? In good faith, without anger, without resentment. And that cost only like $1,000, split the fare in 500 and 500 and be done with it, right? So there are solutions out there of not being angry, resented, you know, heartbroken, um, complaining about, oh, you know, I left because it was better. And guess what? I ended up depressed, which is worse. <laughs> okay. It's never ending, right? The ways out there, if you know the right way, okay. And this is one of the things that we have on our website. You can ask a question before you make a mistake. Don't make mistakes in life that are going to cost you thousands of dollars and decades of your life, right? So mm -hmm. the, the, just don't make mistakes. If you know the right way how to take the action, and it's it. This is not a big deal. Yeah, I, I want to ask you something about this because I, I want to I make it clear. My wife and I are good, everybody that's listening and watching. Like, we're great. In our, in, but the reason I brought myself into this because I was a serial che cheater. I cheated with guys and girls and sometimes wasn't really sure. Um, it's in the book. Anyway, um, but I, I had that. And, and I also, even though I'd done a lot of healing work and all that, one of the areas of my life when I first met Jessica, my wife, that was not healed yet was I still had what's called DID. And which was just multiple personality disorder, disassociative identity disorder. Well, each of those alters had different sexual taste. And I finally had gotten to this place in my life that I figured it out. And I was really comfortable with being honest about it, as weird as it sounded. I'm very grateful that my wife loved me with all of it. And what we did, and I, the reason I'm saying this too, is I know a lot of you men out there and women too, you know, that you've been sexually abused by other men and you're probably confused about your sexuality and you don't understand it. So with that can come a lot of shame and guilt and beating yourself up and also cheating, you know, weaponizing, like your wife won't give you any. So then you go, well, screw you. And then you go get on an app and then you're cheating on her or whatever, whatever the situation is. Trust me, I've done most of them. So I'm not judging anyone out here or I'm not judging you or anyone that's listening. But we found a way in our relationship to not cheat, but make that work when I had desires or I had these triggers or I switched. We worked out a scenario that worked for us and that has been very, very powerful. And it's allowed me and both of us to heal relationship wounds where we've come together and are tighter than ever. That said, the reason I brought this up is because I know a lot of people right now are suffering with the very same issues that I went through and they've gotten in another relationship and now they feel stuck and they don't know what to do. And so that's why I'm addressing this issue. I wanted to make that clear. My, my wife and I are great, but I will tell you the other thing too that we had to learn. I had to get to this place and I would actually like you to comment about this, Anna. I had to find a way and I was never able to do this but I had to get in my own brain and go, every time that you look at another woman or even guy with that, that make like, hey, I'd do that or whatever, I'm basically disrespecting the greatest gift that God's ever given me. And that's my wife. And what you found was true love. Yeah. And true comes from the acronym of trust and the standing respect and evolving mm. okay like what you found was true love t the t is the trust 
The R is for respect for yourself and for your wife, right? The U is for understanding. Okay, sometimes I want more, sometimes I need less. Okay, and evolving. You're always evolving. If you stay still, you're going to end up depressed. Okay, so you need to keep evolving in the wheel of life, if you will. Right? In the, in the game of life, you're always evolving and you're always growing. And some people don't know how to do that in the right way. And they don't find this true love within yourself and within your family. And they slip. Very yeah. simple. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very fortunate because I was, the, I mean, if you gave me an inch of other words, like if I could weaponize something against you, I mean, I, I did it. I did all those things that was awful. And I mean, but I'm so were, grateful. Huh? But you were angry. Oh, angry, confused, pissed. I mean, yeah, I had a lot of stuff. And that's another thing, too. Like, when you haven't healed, or I'll, I'll just, let me speak from my own perspective. I never took the time to heal from the previous relationship. Ne never mind all the childhood wounds and then the self-inflicted wounds and all that stuff. But when a relationship started going rocky, I was already looking for the other relationship while still cheating with men because I was still trying to figure out who I was. I didn't know my identity and, and, I, and, I, and I didn't want to commit to, well, I'm going to be this way. So I just decided to cheat. Like, I mean, I was it was awful. But the biggest mistake, one of the biggest mistakes that I think I made was never taking the time to just be alone to learn who I was and learn to make loving choices for myself and then and not carrying over that anger and resentment and even worse, the comparison crap, like, well, she used to let me do this, but now she's not, so well, screw her. I'm gonna, I mean, whatever it was, but all those things get carried over into the next relationship. And if you don't take the time to heal it, you're compounding all of that and it's just going to beat down your partner. And then, of course, the only women that I know that were going to be attracted or even be willing to put up with my crap were people that had their own crap to deal with. And so then you just put all that together and you have a recipe for destruction, abuse, PTSD, alcoholism, drug, whatever, all of the above. Am I right? Yeah, and you didn't have the right relationship skills at the beginning. If right. you would have know all this okay if you would have known all this structure you would have known what works and what doesn't and what you have to do trust me 18 year olds follow advice better than 70 year olds okay who think they know it all okay <laughs> this is the truth right so yeah. when i tell my son 14 and a half this is formula for successful relationships guess what he has successful relationships I don't have to argue with him. I don't have to explain it twice. They get it faster than us, right? You did not have a formula. You did not have the right skills. You looked for everywhere for them. And you only encounter pain and women and men that are in the same level of pain because you attract who you are, right? Sure. So, so, so here is... This is what I like about my job. I give him the formula. I give him the, 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 the solution. So when they come to a challenge, they don't have to wonder, what should I do now? What should I do tomorrow? Oh, I know exactly what to do. And that even includes uh, parents with teenagers that are extremely difficult. I tell the parent, this is what you do when your child says that, leave me alone. I want you dead. Okay? This is exactly what you do. You don't go in with feelings. You don't go in with screaming, okay? You give them some space. You, this is what you do when your child is anxious. This is what you do when your child comes and says, I might be transgender. We have a tremendous, a lot of girls lately that will believe they're transgender. We do have some boys too, but most of them are girls. And this is before the age of 16. So, you know, we, we give them exactly these tips because guess what? They're attracted to the opposite sex. Very normal, right? But they don't know the formula. And when they know the formula, they can decide with information and knowledge. 
about who they are, not yeah. with mind traps. And this is a big, big, big difference because the transgender community, 90% of them are depressed, right? Yeah. So, you know, and probably 10% of them don't say that they're depressed, right? So here is you give them the tools, you give them the information so they can make their own choices based on data, not based on do information off Facebook. Yeah, I, I, there's a reason why data is the, uh, it's the most powerful currency in the world right now. It, it, cause it, it tells the truth. Exactly. <laughs> manipulated, but you know, but for the most part, real data tells the truth. And, uh, unlike most things right now, I, and I, I, um, I, 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 this is, you're one of those people I think I could do about 15 different broadcasts with and all would be different experiences. Um, I, I've enjoyed this so much and I would actually love to have you back on sometime. Um, let everybody know where they can find you. And of course, folks, everyone that's listening and watching right now, you can go to livemodelworldwide.org. You'll find all of her links there. Um, also, we create a media kit after every broadcast. So you'll be able to find all of her stuff the audio version, the transcript, and so on, because she dropped a lot of very powerful nuggets that I think you want to go back to see, so you'll enjoy that transcript. But Anna, tell people where they can find you, how they can follow you, and how they can support your amazing work. So the best way to find me is through the website betteraskanna1n.com. We have there two free workshops, one for parents and one for healthy relationships, uh, to make sure that everybody gets the right information before they start their life and they don't make mistakes we also have there a service it's for free where you can ask one question yes you're going to get my answer in about two weeks by video or audio in case you are wondering you know what mistake you can do in life next right and we also have courses for adults and teenagers about overcoming depression. I actually have three courses there for the exact formula of overcoming depression, the exact formula. And everything is within an hour and a half. So if you go to betteraskannawithone.com, you can pick any of those resources or all of them and make your decisions about your life based on skills, based on formulas based on strategies and not based on misconceptions. Mm. So you will, you will learn how to master your game of life, not somebody else's game of life, and clearly not the game of suffering that most people master every day. I love it. Anna, you're the best. You're a blessing. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you. Bye -bye. Man. I love that. Uh, absolutely amazing. I, she said a lot of things that I could have just splintered off and we would have spent another hour on. Like, for instance, she was talked about the transgender population. And she's right. Most are depressed. And, you know, the, some people jump into that decision way sooner than they need to. And those of you who have read The Devil Inside Me, uh, my wife and I's book, um, you know about my relationship with the transsexual community. And um, I have a lot of friends that are either drag queens or they're, they're transgendered. Um, you know, some of them are post-op. I've been around it for a long time and I've seen, I know people, I know transgendered, transgendered people that are healthy and happy. Um, but I honestly, I would be lying if I said this, but, I would say the majority are miserable and uh, it's sad and they have regret from their decision. But anyway, I'm not an expert on that subject, but I, I do have a heart for that community. I mean, look, I don't think that, you know, transgendered women or men should compete against the sex uh, that they transition from in sports, but it doesn't mean that they don't have a place in this world and how that works with sports. I'm not really sure, to be honest, I, I don't know that answer. I don't know what's fair, but I do know that I love everything that Anna was talking about. I, I, I think it's practical. I think it's powerful. And first of all, and the other thing that's probably even more exciting is that it'll speed up the healing process because 
some people have been on this healing journey for 40 years. And, and I know some people say you never really heal. Then I don't believe that. I believe that you can, especially from depression and, and, and just even your traumas, like I believe that we make it more challenging than we need to. And sometimes it just takes kind of getting a little pissed off or more motivated to go be willing to rip the Band-Aid off, to go in and dig the root out. It's faster. It hurts like hell, but it's worth every second of it. Anyway, you guys go support Anna. Um, I absolutely enjoyed her. I hope you did too. And um, as I said before, in the media kit, you'll find all of her links where you guys, if she, if you want her to speak at your event um, and you know, be a part of what she's doing, it'll all be there. So thank you so much. Thank you for being here. God bless you. And uh, we'll see you next time.